listener. Welcome back to Storybooks, a children's bedtime story podcast that celebrates a good night's rest and the magic of stories. Tonight's story is Thumbelina, a Danish fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen, and will be read to you by me, your storyteller, Jenna L. Campbell. In the second half of this story, we follow Thumbelina along into the cold and dreary cornfield in the middle of the winter. Here, she meets an unsuspecting friend, and all the while, misses the sunshine and hearing the birds of summer. There comes a point in this tale where she must decide if she will make herself happy, even if this means letting down others. In case you missed it, check out the first half of this story before listening, available wherever you listen to your episodes. So fluff your pillows, close your eyes, and take a deep breath. Tonight's story goes something like this. Thumbelina, part two. The field mouse was pleased with Thumbelina, so she said, You're quite welcome to stay with me all winter, if you like, but you must keep my rooms clean and neat, and tell me stories, for I shall like to hear them very much. And Thumbelina did all the field mouse asked of her, and found herself very comfortable. We shall have a visitor soon, said the field mouse one day. My neighbor pays me a visit about once a week. He is better off than me. He has large rooms and wears a beautiful black velvet coat. He also doesn't get out much, so you must tell him some of your wonderful stories. Thumbelina did not feel like telling stories. However, the mole came and paid his visit, dressed in his black velvet coat. He's very rich and very smart, and his house is 20 times larger than mine said the field mouse. He was rich and smart, no doubt, and Thumbelina was obliged to sing to him. Songs like, Ladybird, Ladybird, Fly Away Home, and many other pretty songs. And the mole fell in love with Thumbelina because she had such a sweet voice. But he said nothing yet, for he was very cautious. Not long before, the mole had dug a long passage under the earth, which led from the home of the field mouse to his own home. Here, Thumbelina had permission to walk along the tunnel whenever she liked. The mole had warned them to avoid the stray bird in the passage, and the mole carried in his mouth a piece of phosphorescent wood, which glittered like fire in the dark. Then he went before them to light them through the long, dark passage, until the mole pushed his nose through the ceiling, so that the earth gave way and the daylight shone into the passage. In the streaming daylight, Thumbelina could see the feathered creature. To her, it was a perfect bird. It had a lovely beak and beautiful feathers. However, the bird shivered with cold on the ground. It made Thumbelina very sad to see it, for she loved the birds. All summer long they had sung and twittered for her so beautifully. But the mole brushed past the bird and said, How miserable it must be to be a bird. I am thankful that none of my children 
will ever be birds, for all they do is cry, tweet, tweet, and must always be cold and hungry in the winter. You're right, clever man, exclaimed the field mouse. What's the use of twittering if, when winter comes, a bird must either be hungry or terribly cold? Thumbelina said nothing, but when the two others had turned their backs upon the bird, she stopped down and whispered, Perhaps you're the one who sang to me so sweetly in the summer, she said. Oh, how much pleasure it gave me, you dear pretty bird. During the night, Thumbelina could not sleep, so she got out of bed and wove a large, beautiful carpet out of hay. Then she carried it to the sleeping bird and spread it over him, along with some flowers, which she had found in the field mouse's room. They were as soft as wool, and she spread flowers on each side of the bird, so that he might lie warmly on the cold earth. Farewell, she said, turning to go home. Thank you for your delightful singing during the summer, when all the trees were green and the warm sun shone upon us. Then she heard a loud chirp, and she was alarmed, and she supposed the warmth had helped the bird feel better. The bird hopped to his feet. Thumbelina trembled, for the bird was large, a great deal larger than herself, for she was only an inch high. But she took courage, and then took the leaf, which she had used for her own pillow, and offered it to the bird, who fell back asleep. The next night, she went out to see him. He was still very weak. He could only open his eyes for a moment to look at Thumbelina. Thank you, said the bird. I have been so nicely warmed that I shall soon regain my strength and be able to fly home in the warm sunshine. Oh, she said, it's kind of cold outside now. It snows and it freezes. Stay in your warm bed and I will take care of you. She brought the bird some water in a flower leaf, and after he had drunk some, he told her he had hurt his wing in a thorn bush and could not fly as fast as the other birds, who flew far away to warm countries. At last, he had fallen to the earth and could remember nothing more, nor how he came to be where Thumbelina had found him. All winter, the bird remained underground, and Thumbelina nursed him with care and love. She did not tell either the mole or the field mouse, for they did not like birds. Very soon, the springtime came, and the sun warmed the earth. Then the bird bade farewell to Thumbelina, and she opened the hole in the ceiling, which the mole had made. The sun shone in upon them so beautifully that the bird asked her if she would go with him. She could sit on his back, he said and he would fly away with her into the green woods. But she knew it would upset the field mouse if she left her in that manner. So she said, No, I can't. Farewell then, farewell, said the bird, and he flew away into the sunshine. And the tears rose in her eyes. She was very fond of the bird. Tweet, tweet, sang the bird as he flew out into the green woods, and Thumbelina felt very sad. She was not allowed to go out in the warm sunshine. The cornfield had grown up high into the air and formed a thick wood to Thumbelina, 
who was only an inch tall. You are going to be married, little one, said the field mouse. My neighbor has asked for your hand. What good fortune for a poor creature like you! Now, we will prepare your wedding clothes. They must be woolen and linen. Only the best when you are the wife of the mole. The field mouse hired four spiders, who were to weave day and night to help make the special wedding gown. Every evening, the mole visited Thumbelina and kept talking and talking about how, as soon as the summer was over, the wedding should take place. But Thumbelina was not pleased, for she did not like the tiresome mole. Every morning, when the sun rose, and every evening, when it went down, she would creep out the door, and as the wind blew aside the rows of corn, she could see the blue sky. She thought, how beautiful and bright it seemed out there, and she wished very much to see her dear friend, the bird again, but he never returned. When autumn arrived, Thumbelina had her wedding outfit ready, and the field mouse said to her, In four weeks, the wedding must take place. Then Thumbelina wept and said she would not marry the mole. Nonsense, replied the field mouse. Now, don't be stubborn. He's very handsome. The queen herself does not wear more beautiful velvets and furs than the mole. His kitchens and cellars are quite full. You ought to be very thankful for such a good fortune. So the wedding day was set on which the mole was to take her away to live with him, deep under the earth, and never again to see the warm sun, because he did not like it. Poor Thumbelina was very unhappy at the thought of saying farewell to the beautiful sun, and as the field mouse had given her permission to stand at the door, she went to look at it once more. Farewell, bright sun, she cried, stretching out her arm towards it, and then she walked a short distance from the house, for the corn had been cut, and only the dry stubble remained in the fields. Farewell, farewell, she repeated, twining her arms around a little red flower that grew just by her side. Greet the little bird for me, if you should see him again. Tweet, tweet, sounded over her head suddenly. She looked up, and there was the bird flying close by. As soon as he spotted Thumbelina, he was delighted. She told him how unwilling she was to marry the mole and to live away beneath the earth, never more to see the bright sun. And as she told him, she wept. Cold winter is coming, said the bird, and I am going to fly away into warmer countries. Will you come with me? You can sit on my back and fasten yourself with your sash. Then we can fly away from the mole and its gloomy rooms, far away, over the mountains, into warmer countries, where the sun shines more brightly than here, where it is always summer, and the flowers bloom in greater beauty. Fly now with me, dear little one. You saved my life when I lay frozen in that dark, dreary passage. Yes, I will go with you said Thumbelina, and she seated herself on the bird's back, with her feet on his outstretched wings, and tied her sash to one of his strongest feathers. 
The bird rose in the air and flew over the forest and sea, high above the highest mountains, covered with eternal snow. Thumbelina would have been frozen in the cold air, but she crept under the bird's warm feathers, keeping her little head uncovered so that she might admire the beautiful lands over which they passed. At last, they reached the warm countries where the sun shines brightly and the sky seems so much higher above the earth. Here on the hedges and by the wayside grew purple, green, and white grapes. Lemons and oranges hung from trees, and the air was fragrant with flowers and orange blossoms. Children ran along the country lanes, playing with large butterflies, and as the bird flew farther and farther, every place appeared more and more lovely. At last, they came to a blue lake, and by the side of it, shaded by trees of the deepest green, stood a palace of dazzling white marble, built in the olden times. Vines clustered around its lofty pillars, and at the top were many birds' nests, and one of these was the home of the bird who carried Thumbelina. This is my house, said the bird, but it would not do for you to live here. You would not be comfortable. You must choose for yourself one of those lovely flowers, and I will put you down upon it, and then you shall have everything that you can wish to make you happy. That will be delightful, she said, and clapped her little hands for joy. A large marble pillar lay on the ground, which, in falling, had been broken. Between these pieces grew the most beautiful large white flowers. So the bird flew down with Thumbelina, and placed her on one of the broad leaves. But how surprised she was to see, in the middle of the flower, a tiny little man, as clear and transparent as if he had been made out of crystal. He had a gold crown on his head, and delicate wings at his shoulders. And he wasn't much larger than she was herself. He was the angel of the flower, for a tiny person dwells in each flower, and he was the king of them all. Oh, how beautiful he is, whispered Thumbelina to the bird. The little prince was at first quite frightened of the bird, who was like a giant compared to such a delicate little creature as himself. But when he saw Thumbelina, he was delighted. He took the crown from his head and placed it on hers, and asked if she would be queen over all the flowers. He certainly was a very different sort of creature than the toad or the mole, so she said yes, but as long as they were to remain friends, and that she could do whatever, whenever she pleased. Then all the flowers opened, and out of each came a little person. Also pretty, it was quite a pleasure to look at them. Each of them brought Thumbelina a present, but the best gift was a pair of beautiful wings, and they fastened them to Thumbelina's shoulders, so that she might fly from flower to flower, and explore the lands, and feel the clouds whenever she pleased. Then there was much rejoicing, and the little bird who sat above them in his nest was asked to sing a celebration song, which he did as well as he could. But in his heart, he felt sad, for he was very fond of Thumbelina, and would have liked to never be apart from her again. You must not be called Thumbelina anymore, said the spirit of the flowers to her. It's not a nice name, 
and you are so lovely. We will call you Maya. Farewell, farewell, said the bird with a heavy heart, as he left the warm countries to fly back into Denmark. There he had a nest over the window of a house in which dwelt the writer of fairy tales. The bird sang, Tweet, tweet! And from his song came the whole story. And that's the end of the story. I thank you for listening and wish you the sweetest dreams and a good night.